Hello to everybody who's grabbing that shotgun off the wall and getting down to business. It's beautiful and honest. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hi, everybody. It's Chris Gethard. I want to thank everybody for listening to this show. You can hear in my voice I'm a little giddy about this one. What an interesting one. Everybody's been listening. Everybody's been so kind. I saw, uh, you know, last week our episode was with our psychiatric professional, and I was so happy to put that out there. And I was so happy to see that people felt like it was good. It was good and explanatory and destigmatizing towards mental health. And saw a lot of mental health professionals give it a thumbs up, and that made me feel really, really good. I always... It's, it's, you know, this show is entertainment and I love it. And every once in a while, it turns a corner where I think it maybe actually helps some people out. It means the world. This week's episode, I don't know if this one, maybe it'll raise some awareness about some things, but I'll tell you, it's weird. I'm, I'm going to say something right now. I know it's weird to say this one is a fun episode because it is about someone who gets attacked by an animal straight up, but this caller is very charming, recounts this horrifying and terrifying experience with, uh, in a very candid nature and with great charm. And we all know sometimes this show, the philosophical, ponders life. This one is just a blow by blow. Yo, here's what happens when an animal runs out of the woods. You got to deal with it. It's kind of nuts, pretty jaw dropping and weirdly fun. I am just so happy the caller is okay. Enjoy the call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hello, is this Chris? Yes, this is Chris. Oh my God, I'm like so excited right now. How are you? How am I? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Maybe a little manic. Maybe a little bit on that manic side that I can get sometimes, but I'm going to try to slow down and focus up. How are you? Well, you're on my level, so let's both try to take a breath. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I had too much cold brew and Ritalin and not enough food. Cold brew and Ritalin. I don't consume it either. Was, I didn't. Uh, I didn't used to, but my therapist was like, "Maybe you're um, not that depressed, and you just have ADD, and you can't get shit done because of that." So we're trying it. Hey, I feel like this is a common philosophy right now because I know a few years ago my doctor had a similar thought with me. But I was put on Adderall, and unfortunately, I went kind of ape shit and started eating it like jelly beans. So it didn't work out for me. I hope you don't do that. I hate Adderall. Um, I tried it a couple times recreationally in college, and I don't like that or cocaine or anything. I'm like a strictly weed sometimes person. And I was like, give me the child dose of like (laughs) the least, you know upper feeling one and it really helped but I just made this cold brew from Trader Joe's and I woke up late blah 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 I went to my pottery class and I poured too much in there so I guess what I thought was like one serving was like two so yeah (laughs) wow I tried I tried to eat a bunch of crackers um before I would talk to you so it would like even out you know that weird like caffeine feeling when you haven't eaten Right, like, so you're trying to get something in your stomach to suck up all the cold brew and Ritalin. Yeah, 
pretty These on gluten-free sweet potato crackers better do the trick. I would say that's a, you're pretty on brand for a fan of my work. Someone who has to rush <laughs> some crackers down to soak up the Ritalin before we talk. That's that's definitely in my wheelhouse. Yeah. 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 It's also just like already been a week. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just trying to get through it. I should be note for anyone listening in the future, you're saying it's already been a week. It's Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, Tuesday. I'm on the East Coast, so it's like mm-hmm. two. It's almost two forty-five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. And I should be working right now, but um, I work from home, and I have two jobs. I'm a freelancer, and one of them that was my full time laid me off. Oh, I'm um, sorry. But then, I mean, I was gonna quit anyways, but I was gonna wait till I moved back to California and then quit. But um, now I just. And don't know what to do, but it's a job that I was over anyway. But, um, yeah, so they gave me four weeks notice, which is like great. Cause I know I get four more weeks of money, but also like you guys really expect me to sit here and do a good job after you were just like, mm, we're going to replace you with someone in the Philippines that we're going to pay $4 an hour. And it's just like, I don't know. Besides the fact that I'm losing my job, it really pisses me off that they're only going to pay other people shitty amounts of money that they can't even live on. Like, if you're going to screw me over, at least give somebody else a living wage. It's just, like, bullshit. Yeah, so. that's, that's, a, that's a bad feeling. I both lost my yeah. job and realized that it's because my employers have sold their souls and given into, like, a weird modern form of uh, border, mm-hmm. borderline slavery of other nations that aren't as well off as us. That's not good. Yeah, I mean, they literally, they let go me and my other coworker, and they hired, like, four or six people in the Philippines that are working six to seven days a week, way more hours than we were for like less money. And I just been like, you guys have thought like really bothers me. This is the second job that's done this to me. So not good. Not yep. good. The first one was, uh, was Uber and everyone knows they suck. So, <laughs> um, I wasn't that surprised that this company did it as well, but that's okay. I just got a raise at my other job, so I'll just keep doing that and find something else on the side. Well, that's good that you're uh, handling it well and rolling with the punches. Well, you know, I sound like that right now. (laughs) Right. I'm trying. Yeah, I've still got three weeks left to work, so I've got some time to apply for some more jobs. Um, Unfortunately, where I live, there's not a lot of jobs available, so it's Everyone's like, don't move back there. There's no jobs. I was like, my jobs are remote. I'll be fine. <laughs> and now I'm not. So we'll figure it out. All right. I trust you when you uh, say it. Yeah. You'll figure it out. Okay. I usually do. My mom was like, I'm happy this happened. <laughs> I was like, thanks, mom. I was like crying, calling her. And she's like, no, no. It's going to be good. You're going to be fine. You'll land on your feet. That job was bullshit anyways. So um, my other job is, uh, really a weird job. Um, I won't call it out, but I will just say it's an online slang dictionary that many people are familiar with that I work for. <laughs> so, oh, one of the many online slang dictionaries. <laughs> yeah. Your anonymity um, is safe. We don't know which online slang dictionary you work for. <laughs> I use a fake name at work anyway, so. Okay. Um, not for my bosses, but people who nobody would know who I am, so. Uh, 
yeah, I've just been doing that today. I've been uh, editing some. I've been deleting some things that offend me personally, even though it's not really part of my job. <laughs> I have been I have been doing that today. <laughs> I mean, they're bad. Some of the some of the stuff on there, as you can imagine, is very is really bad. Oh, I've been but, I've been to the one site that you're definitely referring to. Yeah, dictionary.com. Wait, what? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you threw me for a loop there. Sorry, sorry. So yeah, you can go we're, through. We're having a day. I shouldn't try to trick you. Oh no, it's okay. <laughs> you you can go through and take out the particularly the egregiously offensive stuff out of that website. Yeah, I don't I don't do it just if it's offensive, but if it's like really racist or some of the weird sex ones that are like, you know, derogatory towards like, you know, any gender, but the ones that are like about assault, you know, a lot of them are basically describing assault. <laughs> and so yeah. those I'll sort of periodically be like, mm, I'm going to, you know, the world doesn't need this or this or this or this. <laughs> so I'll just do that. Um, right. But yeah, I, I talked with my, with my superiors and they said I could do that. I just don't know if they know how much I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the world's probably a better place, right? I get the sense that with that site, there's probably a lot of people who post something there when they're like 16 and they're angry and they're trying to show off for their friends and then they forget about it. But then oh, yeah. 10 years later, the worst, the worst thing they've ever typed is still sitting out there for other kids to consume when they find it. So who and usually they're like, and they put their whole fucking full name as their username. So it's like when they get Googled for jobs, it'll come up and they're panic emailing us like, can you remove this? I don't yeah. remember my email and this is my <laughs> whole name. It's like, I'm like, sometimes, sometimes I'm kind of a jerk about it. Middle schoolers do it to each other a lot as like bullying. And I am not here for that. And so they'll write in, I'll get like a message from a kid that the kid that did it, the kid it's about both kids' parents, like a school resource officer and a principal, I'll get like emails from everyone in one day, like take this down. And I'm like, we're so sorry. We'll delete it for the other people. But then the kid that did it, they're like, I'm going to get in so much trouble. I'm like, yeah, well, you probably should get in trouble. Like, this is not what the site is for. Don't come on here and do this again. I'll like scold them and help them at the same time. I'm just like, it's not cool, dude. Like, don't do that. So wait, <laughs> hold on. So I have the full picture made. You're talking about a situation where like a kid in seventh grade decides mm -hmm. he wants to pick on another kid. Let's say that kid, picking a random name, that kid's name mm -hmm. is like Frank, Frank Smith. We'll use something really broad. So mm -hmm. he'll go on and he'll, he'll make an entry in this slang dictionary. Like, Frank Smith, that's when you uh, suck shit at your own sister's butt. And then they put that Literally, up there. Yes. And then Frank, <laughs> And then Frank Smith finds it and tells a teacher... And then everybody's mm -hmm. parents get called in. And then this one mm -hmm. kid is like, I forgot my password and I don't know how to delete it. I'm sorry. I said, you suck shit out of a butt. And then they're all yeah. emailing you in a panic. Mm-hmm. And that's part that's of your- That's a daily occurrence. That happens like multiple times a day. Is middle school- So middle- A large- What percentage of the user base on the site you work for, would you say, are preteens- actively using it to fuck with each other. I am about to find that out because I just gave myself a raise and a promotion to a new position where I will be dealing with those kind of like metrics and doing more stuff on the site. But 
Um, like I, I can't give you a good one percentage because I'm not good at math, but a lot. Like it's, I get a lot of messages from people like that or people who are <laughs> complaining about like alt-right definitions on the site. There's like the older people that use it tend to be a lot of like alt-right, like men's rights activists, creeps who put really uh-huh. fucked up definitions on there. And then people will, will email and be like, somebody defined my name like this. Cause I like didn't go on a second date with them or something. And they're on there like, mm, I'm going to be mad. It was like so stupid. And I just like, Sorry, I, I know I know you're a man, but uh, fuck men's rights activists. That's bullshit, and I can't deal with it. <laughs> now wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Just because I got a, just because I got. <laughs> oh wait a second, is this real? That's what happens when you. <laughs> hold on a second. Harry just. <laughs> Hold on. First, I want to finish my point. Just just because I got a okay. just because I got a I got balls and a peen doesn't mean you could, you're like, hey, I know you're a man, but sorry, fuck men's rights activists. Yeah, I'm with you. Not every man is like, oh yeah, no, men's rights activists. That's who I agree with. Uh, people who want to uh, join very uh, secretive niche subreddits and talk about killing people. Oh, no, man. no, that I would I would actually go so far as to say. That my opinion on this topic, um, ever since the lid kind of got blown on this stuff, I think probably like Elliot Rogers was where it really kind of became a mainstream thing, the whole red pill men's rights discussion. Mm-hmm. I, I actually feel so strongly because I feel like I'm probably someone who growing up was, pro- I probably would have been like a prime target to be groomed by that crowd. And I think they mm-hmm. start with a lot of kids who are young, who are like 12, 13 years old. I was an angry kid who was scared to talk to girls and who felt like an outcast. And you look at a lot of those groups and I feel like a lot of those people are kind of groomed by, it's like a, you know, like a 50 year old guy finding some teenager and being like, yeah, man, these women and the problem is the women. And then they get brainwashed. Yeah, that's how it happens. And I, I would not believe that you were, and I'm sorry I said it that way, but because of my, day-to-day work I see it so much that I just get like I go from zero to immediately pissed when I think about it so that's what happens the other side I work for is like an online forum uh and they I'm my job on that side is to like moderate people who are violating our site policies so I deal with a lot of that just from both positions I hold and so yeah I would I'm always um I have to check myself on that. So no, no offense to you, hopefully. None. I didn't assume that you were. But yeah, it just, it, because I'm faced with it so much, like I have some friends who are like, people aren't that racist. Like this shit's not going to happen again in 2020. And I'm like, dude, you don't work at the internet. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're on the front lines. Is, yeah. And especially because I'm dealing with like specifically deleting things that are horrible. So and you probably see it it seems like there's such a weird mix of of emotional manipulation and mm-hmm. and, and mental illness yeah and political manipulation and conspiracy theory and it all adds up into this very very strange and dangerous mix yeah 
And I mean, I don't want to talk about Elliot Rogers, but I will say that I worked in Santa Monica when that happened. Oh. And it, I already knew about like men's rights activists before that, because like there was this dumb show on VH1 called the pickup artist. I'm from <laughs> the mystery you. method. Yeah. Yeah. So, like a lot of that stuff they got was from that book, the game that that guy wrote. And it's like all about that guy, his sense sort of like retracted a lot of the things. Yes, that he Neil says, Strauss, but, Neil Strauss. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was already like, I had been, I had read the game and I had like had done some research on it. And then I was working in downtown Santa Monica and I had left to go home early or something that day. So I wasn't there, but all of my friends were calling me. Like I was back in East LA by that time, but it was horrifying. And so it just really brought it to the forefront. So I can't tolerate it for like one second, you know, (laughs) I'm just like, absolutely not. You're, you're done. You're canceled. You're banned. Deleted. (laughs) Which, you know, goes against my own beliefs about freedom of speech, but, um, some things I just, you know, that's one of my no-nos. Once people are getting killed over yeah, craziness. Or docs, like people getting, women getting docs from men who are upset about how their date, their date went or whatever. Like, um, like docking is a real problem. And I noticed that happening on yeah. both of the sites. That's that I really for, scary. So. You got that. You got revenge porn. There's a lot of ways that people can lash out. And and mess with your life if they're mad at you on the internet. Scary it's stuff. Crazy. Now, I don't know if it was Harry or Jared. It was Harry. He went to uh, one of the, what I would say, I don't know how many slang dictionaries there are online. But he went to <laughs> one that I, I know, you know, I know we're not naming names here. I would say it's the most popular one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the metrics. To my knowledge, it's the only one that exists. So no offense to you if you work for a different, smaller slang dictionary. He typed in my name. And I was shocked. Oh, no, I've never looked. I was shocked to see that something comes up. And I have to say, it doesn't make me feel great. (laughs) When you Now, I'm going to... How should this work? I'll say the name of the site we went to. And you just stay mum. You don't have to reveal if this is the one you work for or not. Okay? Okay. Okay, so he went to Urban Dictionary, long-standing internet uh, tradition, right? Institution, Urban mm-hmm. Dictionary. When you type in Chris Gethard, the, the top, the, the thing that comes up is an entry for stand-up therapy, and this is uh, defined as a stand-up comedian sharing various depressing personal problems instead of telling jokes. And then the italicized description is, did you watch the latest Chris Gethard stand-up special? It wasn't stand-up comedy. It was stand-up therapy. Added by someone named Crafty Instigator on March 8th, 2018. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a very old one. Okay, well. Pretty new. That's interesting. Pretty deep into the yeah. career. I mean, that was after Cursus. Now, I don't know if you work for that site, but if you could go and change that to Hannah Gadsby, that would be great. <laughs> If you could just switch my name out for Hannah Gadsby. She's taking, oh my God. She's taking the I crown on that anyway. I love her. Um, yeah, the thing is, um, <laughs> you know, whether it's that site or not that I work for, uh, when it's a public figure, um, it's allowed. <laughs> what? What are we? What do you want to? Uh, it's media law, man. Public light. I'm over here trying to be a... a, a, a 
a shoulder for you to cry on, someone you can lean on, tell me whatever you want. Every week on the goddamn phones, I open myself up to everybody. I'm just asking for one goddamn thing. No, I guess that makes I'll sense. Make it, I'll make it up to you. How, what's, um, how so? What's that I mean? just think that you're going to like what I what I wanted to talk to you about. I think you're going to oh. really like... I didn't, really, I didn't realize you had a specific story. thing. I thought we were just chit-chat. Okay, because well, we're 18 I, minutes um, in. Yeah, well, you're going to have some questions. All right, everybody. We're going to pause because you may remember that I said in the intro, oh, it's such a harrowing tale. And we're pretty deep. You're going, where is that? Well, buckle up. It's about to go down as soon as we get back. Listen to these ads. Use the promo codes. And when we get back, it hits the fan. Thanks to all our sponsors. Now, uh, let's, let's, let's get down and dirty with this call. I just think that you're going to like what I, what I wanted to talk to you about. I think you're going to oh. really like. I didn't, this, really, I didn't realize you had a specific story. thing. I thought we were just chit-chat. Okay. Well, Cause we're 18 I, minutes um, in. Yeah. Well, you're going to have some questions. So, um, well, you just caught me while I was like getting, I was like getting pissed at my dog. So I wanted to bitch about it for a sec, but, um, I uh, think you're going to like this uh, event that happened to me in my life that has, like, changed everything since in a lot of ways. So last summer, last July, um, I went for a walk in my parents' neighborhood, and I was attacked by a rabid raccoon. What? Um, I think you're going to like this. (laughs) Um, Why would I like that? (laughs) Because it's a good story. Okay. How, I'm going to tell you how I, like, crushed it. Um, I mean, I didn't literally crush it, but I did fight it um, really hard. And it was like, like, they don't, like, rabbit animals don't just, like, run up and bite you and, like, run off. Um, you can hear them coming before their teeth sink into your leg um, because they make, like, a horrific sound. And I was with one of my really good friends just walking on a little trail, like in, like I live in North Carolina. It was like in a sub, like a suburb, a neighborhood, just like not deep in the woods hiking, which is what I normally am doing. And I could not believe that of all the times I'm terrified of like a bear attack or something else happening to me when I'm hiking out six miles alone on the trail, I'm like a quarter mile away from my parents' house. And all of a sudden, like, I see something in the bush, and I'm like, that's a raccoon. That's weird. It's 10 in the morning. And then it immediately just, like, came for me. And they run, like, really fast. And um, I only had enough time. I sort of looked at my friend, and I threw my phone at her. I don't know why. I thought she didn't have her phone. And I just screamed, no, 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 call 911, like, before it even got to me, because I just, like, knew it was not going to be good. And it it launched up. I threw my leg up and it like got me in the cast and it knocked me down. It was probably like a 30, 25, 30 pound raccoon. It was a big one. And, um, it, uh, it, it just would not let go. I mean, it had my leg like a dog with a bone and it was like shaking me and I was punching it in the face and I had it by the tail and was like yanking it really hard and, um, punching it and screaming and I got it off me and stood up and it got me again. It bit me two or three times. I kept having to like, pull it off of me and finally I don't know I had this one moment of clarity where I was like I'm going to step into its face like I have one shoe on <laughs> the other one had come off because I was thrashing so hard and 
I just like stepped into its face and it bit the bottom of my shoe and wrapped its body around my foot. And for the first time in my life, I punted something and I punted that raccoon as hard as I could. It landed like 10 feet away in a creek and it thought it had something because they're crates and it like was attacking the shoe. And I, this is honestly like my favorite part. It was like a horrible, <laughs> but I was like on my hands and knees at that point. I'd like fallen to the ground. I'm on this gravel trail. And I like, instead of seeing like any kind of like God inspiration or anything, I mean, I'm an atheist anyway, but I literally thought of that scene in Jurassic Park where Laura Dern is like by herself and her leg is hurt and she knows the raptors behind her. And she like says to herself, she's like, run. And she just has to like run to that little shelter. Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't watched Jurassic Park in a while, but I feel like this is a movie trope I can imagine. Okay. So it's like, it's my favorite movie. That's why I know it so well. But I just like imagine Laura Dern and I ran like, <laughs> I was running as fast, as fast as I could, but I was like in shock and like bleeding and had no shoes on. And my friend is calling 911 and there's a signal and it's Sunday in the Bible Belt and we're like banging on houses, no one's home. Um, finally, I saw a garage door going up and I just like ran screaming into people's garage. I, I have no idea what that must have been like for them, but. I was just like screaming, bleeding, high pitched, like, oh, I'm gonna back by a rabbit doctor, blah, blah, blah. They're like, Are you sure it was rabbit? And I'm like, Yeah, dude, <laughs> definitely was rabbit. And the guy comes out with a shotgun and is like, I'm a wildlife biologist. Uh, you're gonna be fine. Where is it? And he goes down onto the trail and he kills it. And I'm just like sitting there in shock part of me thinking about how I'm going to get to go to the ER and that's my favorite show. And I was like, I'm going to finally get to go to the ER, which was such a weird thought to have in that moment. But what? it happened. What are you talking about? I'm sorry. Okay. That's just what happened. So yeah, this random house that I ran to, the guy was a wildlife biologist and he didn't even live there. He was like visiting his friend. So his friend had a gun and he just went and got the gun and he blasted the raccoon. He had a gun, and the guy's old man dad had a gun, and they both came out with shotguns and went down the trail. And I was getting loaded into the ambulance, and I heard a gunshot, and he, he came and told me that he had gotten it. Because I was really worried. It's a trail that people walk on with their kids and dogs. And I was like, nobody can go down there. Like, you guys have to get it. And um, the EMTs were like, I don't think I would take a shotgun down there. And the guy's just like, I'm doing this. And... uh yeah, it was um, insane. So then I had to go through, like, all the rabies treatment. And, like, because of how hard I was fighting it, <laughs> teeth were in my leg, which is how I like to think about it, it did so much damage. So it took, like, five or six months to heal. Damn. And just, like, in a basically a cast that was, like, from my toe to my knee that they would, like, unwrap twice a week to, like, see how deep it was and like pack more stuff in there. Um, and then my anxious mind is like constantly Googling, like, what if you, can you still get rabies even though you got all the shots? Like, uh, if my, like, if my wound itches, is that a sign of getting rabies? <laughs> and they're like, it's never happened. Like, <laughs> you got all the shots, you got them right away. You're not going to get rabies. But I still like to this day, if something is like weird with the scar, cause it's still not totally healed. I'm just like, I will just immediately start Googling or call my wound care doctor and be like, dude, it's itching again. There's something weird happening. He's like, no, you're fine. You're fine. How long ago did this happen? 
Um, last July. So it's been almost a year. Almost a year. Okay, a couple questions. One, was the ER mm-hmm. everything you dreamed of? Um, well, not, no, because Dr. John Carter wasn't there. But um, <laughs> besides that, I'm <laughs> big Noah Wiley fan. I used to watch that show when I was a kid. And then I was really depressed last year and I rewatched it because I like to have something to get into and there's like 15 seasons. Um, and I was like, this is really like the best fucking show. But um, so I got there and you're on the gurney in the ambulance and they're like, do you, they're like, do you think you can walk in there? Do you need to go in on the stretcher? And I was like, I think I need to go in on the stretcher. <laughs> I wanted to, which is kind of fucked up, but also my leg was bleeding and it was like, I didn't want to look at it. And um, I had the ER nurses in there cracking up because I just like deal with everything with humor. And um, they were like, you're going to be okay. And I was crying about my yoga pants. And she was like, you can get, you'll get another pair. And I was like, no, you can't because these are on the clearance rack at TJ Maxx. Like, this is the last one that exists. And my favorite shoes that the raccoon got were, um, like, the last ones in my size and they stopped making them. It was just, like, to add insult to injury. Yeah. Um, Your shoes are ri- ER riddled, are, like, with, uh, riddled with shotgun <laughs> pellet down by the creek. Those shoes ain't yeah, coming back. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I don't know. I, I never went. I've never haven't gone back down there. I've considered going back down there because I've been in therapy. Actually, I was just listening to the episode you guys released last week. I think, and a girl mentioned that she had done EMDR for mm-hmm. PTSD, and I've also done those acronyms um, <laughs> for therapy, and it is really helpful. So now, I can take walks now, but I haven't gone back there. Now you wait. You you've done e, 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 is it EDMR EMDR? EMDR. EMDR. You've done that in relation to the raccoon incident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started going to therapy after that, which is of one course. of the silver linings of this attack. Of course. Because <laughs> it's been so great. I, From what I understand from that episode, that is an, uh, the idea with that is that you kind of deeply try to go back to that place. So you had a therapist walk you through a situation where over and over again you relived the horror of being attacked by a rabid raccoon? Yep. Damn. Now, how bad are those shots? Because uh, I tell you, that's the thing that you always hear from when you're a kid. Anytime mm-hmm. there's an animal acting weird, your parents are like, don't go near it because you get rabies. You're going to have to get 48 shots right into your stomach. Are the shots as bad <laughs> as they say? Um, they don't feel great. They don't all go into your stomach anymore. Um, what they do is like, <laughs> I was in the ambulance like, why are you guys not giving me the shots? They're like, you have to get to the hospital. They, like, weigh you, and, like, um, depending on where you're bitten, they will give you shots in different areas. So you get the rabies vaccine that day. It's called day zero. Then you get the immunoglobulin, which is what is, that's the painful one because it's thicker, so the needles are bigger, um, and it takes them a second to get it in there. It's not like a quick shot. So I got one in each shoulder, one in each butt cheek, one in each thigh, and then, like, five or seven all around the side of the bite, which I had um, deep puncture wounds. I had six deep puncture wounds that were from six, six deep puncture wounds. Oh, six Jesus. Deep. They do have a lot of teeth, but there's no way that bitch was going to bite me that many times. Um, I was like, I will kill this. Wait, is a female raccoon a- called a bitch like a dog, or are you just, like, <laughs> insulting the raccoon? 
because it's salting the Okay, okay, got it. And here's the thing. Now, after therapy, I can, I actually have some empathy for it. But at first, I was just like, fuck that. Like, kill it. Like, it was so, it was just like so messed up. Because people hear about this story, and a lot of my friends included, who like, without understanding what had happened, I'm, people like, I'm one of the funnier people in some of my friend groups, and they just assumed I was joking when I texted them and said, fuck, I just got attacked by a rabid raccoon. And one of my friends was like, ha ha. And she sent like a raccoon meme of like a raccoon, like looking cute, like, you know, doing its hand, like Mr. Burns from the Simpsons. And I was like, no, this really happened. And also their hands like are not cute. when you realize that their claws are razor sharp and I have like claw marks all up and down my legs and arms and like multiple bites. (laughs) And their 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 uh, things are super long. My my puncture wounds were like three inches deep. Now that friend did that friend when you expressed all that to that friend right back like uh my bad. I guess I wasn't. Um, I guess I wasn't thinking about. I just thought it was a funny yeah for meme. sure. Yeah for sure they did. And one of my managers actually sent me like the same meme when I had to like say I'm not working for the next couple of days because this happened, which is such a like weird thing to have to tell people because it doesn't sound real and even when someone realizes it's real they don't understand how like how like vicious it was because it was like people who are listening to this (laughs) if you're listening so go on to youtube if you want to hear some horror and like just youtube raccoon screams and listen to how they sound it's like a dinosaur growling and screeching at the same time like it sounds crazy it's unreal i will never forget it and for a long time i was just like how did it even make that sound like it was wild it was just a very weird sound um you know that haunted my dreams until i got some therapy i mean i I'm 33 and I feel really dumb about this, but like I do look under my bed to make sure there's not a raccoon there, even though I know there isn't. It's just like, I still have to do that. You, how often do you look under your bed for rabid raccoons? Every night before I go to bed. Every single night you check your bed for presence of raccoons. Now, Jared has called up some raccoon screams. He says that he can play it for me and that you won't have to hear it because I'm scared we're going to traumatize you. No, no, you won't. I, I do this to my friends and make them listen to it. I've heard it a bunch. Like, I've probably heard, I guarantee you I've heard whatever he's about to play because I've listened to every clip you could find. There's so, also a lot. Yeah, go, Seems go like there's it. a lot of raccoon scream videos on YouTube. Okay, so you're sure this won't traumatize you or bring you back to a bad place? I'm not going to like it, but I would rather hear it than be, like, kept out of it. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so we're going to hear some of these raccoon screams, and you're going to tell us if it's so accurate to the 30-pound okay. raccoon that ravaged your leg. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that... It was... It's pretty much exactly like that, but, like, meaner. So yeah. that... That sounds like a crazy exotic bird to me, but that was the noise that the raccoon was yelling at you as it sprinted from the bushes? It literally didn't stop doing that the entire time, even while it... it I, I know, this sounds crazy. Like, I'm on the ground on my back. Its teeth are in my lower calf, above my ankle, 
I'm punching it. I'm holding it by the tail and yanking it, watching its teeth go in and out of my leg as Fuck. I'm pulling it. Ugh. It is making that sound the entire time and looking me directly in the eye. Oh, I don't like this story. I don't <laughs> I like this story. I mean, I love it. <laughs> There's a lot of things in my life that I love and don't like. Yeah. This story, oh my God. Because, I mean, I grew up in New Jersey and there's raccoons, but you only see them at night. And it, it was. If you ever saw them in the day, it was mm-hmm. known. Like, well, get away from it because something's wrong. They don't come out in the day. You tell it. It looked, it looked like something was. I mean, again, I saw it for like like one second before it started to come at me. And in that one second, I just felt this like sick feeling. I just was like, something's wrong. Like, And I immediately like turned to my friend and... I knew I wasn't going to be able to run from it because they're really fast. And um, so I didn't turn around. I don't know. It's weird how all, when you go through a traumatic experience like that or like a car accident or something, it's like you're in the moment. It feels like it happened so fast. But later when you think about it and think about all of the thoughts you were having during it, it's like, how could I possibly have been thinking it sort of like this logically and chronologically in that moment while everything was chaos? But that's how I remember it, like, second by second, basically. Wow. And now let's talk about rabies, because I forget, I forget what, I was listening to a podcast, maybe Radio Lab, I forget, but they talked about rabies. I didn't realize, like, when you get bit by an animal with rabies, it's a race against time, because if mm-hmm. it sets in, you die. Like, there's something like, half a dozen or less recorded cases of a human surviving rabies. It's less than that. It's like three or something, right? There's two or three. And, um, a couple of those, um, I've listened, there's a this American life about it. And I think they're also as as a radio lab, there's like two different podcast episodes that are about that. And I had heard the one where the lady got bit and she had, she couldn't get to a hospital that had the vaccine. I had heard that before this ever happened to me because I love This American Life and Radio Lab. And um, also, like, as a kid, I used to beg my mom to let me watch Stephen King movies because I don't know why. It was just like, I was like, you know, eight to ten, and it was like the worst thing I could think of was like for me to be allowed. And uh, she let me watch Cujo, which she shouldn't have, but she did. So I've always been actually, I, I always have that in the back of my mind. And like you, I'm not really a dog person. I don't hate dogs, but I don't like dogs and I don't believe anyone when they're like, he's friendly. I'm like, just don't let your dog off the leash around me, please. Um, but it's because of Cujo, I swear. Cause the dog seems nice at first and then it's just crazy. And when this happened, I, that's why, why I was in the ambulance. I'm like, why are you guys not giving me the shots? Cause I knew that you have to get it really soon, but you have 72 hours. Um, and I got them like within two hours. Um, well, that's good of the of the attack, but yeah, it's really horrifying. And um, oh, that's what I was going to say. The people that survived went through this thing called the Milwaukee Protocol, which sounds like a '90s Tom Cruise action movie. Um, but it is this thing they came up with where they sort of put you in like a medically induced coma, and they figured out a way to like stop the progression of the virus. But yeah. those people are not like guaranteed to to live like basically they're living my worst fear which is like i'm okay now but like at any time I, it could develop and i could die like because they're it's a hundred percent fatal if you develop rabies there's there's just like nothing they can do about it so that's what i heard too this thing about how i think it was someone 
unintentionally fell into a coma and got a high fever and survived rabies. And now they try to, they can like in mm-hmm. the last, last gasp, desperate effort, try to put you in a coma, get the rabies out of you. But even then they're like, nah, you pretty much are just dead. Yeah. It's really scary. A girl died. Um, uh, like a 24 year old nurse from Norway died a couple of weeks ago because she had been, I think in either Thailand or the Philippines on vacation and picked up a puppy on the street and took it back to her hotel room. And it was biting playfully like a puppy would. It wasn't like aggressive, but she got rabies and she died. Like, And, and it's a particularly crazy. horrible death from what I remember from oh the podcast God. I listened to. Of course I can imagine because I've like done all of the Googling, but it, it like, that's the only part that makes me feel choked up when I think about it. Cause I can deal with what happened to me, but like, I just think about how lucky I got because, you know, what if I had been out hiking somewhere? I mean, I frequently would be out in like the Los Padres National Forest, like three hours from LA hiking by myself when I was, when I was out in California and I, I just shudder to think what it would have been like. Cause it looks just like, it's horrible. And you know, it's happening to you before it really sets in. Like, you know what's yeah. happening and it's just like, Thinking about it, I was about, I was going back in January to LA to visit some friends and the wound was not like fully healed. It was like mostly closed and going to go over it, but like it started like swelling and itching really bad on the way to the airport. And I called my wound care doctor who was like sarcastic, really funny doctor who my mom went with me and she's like, why are you back there? And they're like digging around in your leg and everyone's laughing. Like, cause me and the doctor are both funny and we're having a good time. <laughs> um, but I called him and was like, this is happening. I'm worried about it. I sent him some pictures and he's like, I don't think it's anything to worry about, but I'm going to consult with a infectious disease colleague and then I'll call you back. So he calls me back. I'm still in the car on the way to the airport. And he's like, so they want to see you like as soon as you get back. <laughs> and I was like, so that's going to be like 11 days from now. Should I just turn around and come now? He's like, no, because, uh, I was like, are you about to say because if it is rabies, there's nothing you could do? And he's like, yeah. So I would suggest having like a fun vacation oh. <laughs> coming back. And I was like, I mean, I had to pull over. I like lost it. <laughs> Even though it's unrealistic, like I got everything done. Like I was going to be fine. But my just like anxiety and like, you know, I got like really manic about it and like a bad way, like a overly compensating like researching everything like I could not I mean I really was like I'm gonna I'm just gonna die like I'm gonna go and try to have fun because I'm probably going to die is how I felt and yeah that's what's so scary it's just because you know there's nothing they can do so it's it's um yeah it was messed up that's grim and I'm gonna have these fucking scars forever <laughs> I mean they're they're crazy when you look at my leg it looks like I was bitten by something. You can it tell. It looks like, like you were attacked teeth. by a rabid raccoon. Yeah. Well, most people don't realize that raccoons have raccoons have really sharp things. Um, Let's pause and note this show is known mostly for people airing out their emotional scars. This person has actual scars inflicted by the unexpectedly sharp fangs of a raccoon. Oh my god! We'll be right back. Thanks to everybody who advertises on the show. Now let's finish off this phone call. 
most people don't realize that raccoons have raccoons have really sharp fangs. Um, but because I showed it to my friend and they were like, it's not as big as I thought it would be, but they are like bad scars. And I was like, raccoons don't have like huge like pit bull mouths. Like they have small mouths. It's just that the teeth are so sharp. Man. So, yeah. The positive of this is that like I started going to therapy and it has made a huge difference in my life. And I mean, after I got through the sort of like PTSD thing, I've just been in there like, yeah, let's talk about my weird family problems and how my dad's wife is only two years older than me. And that's weird. And like, so we're like dealing with shit that I've been wanting to deal with for a long time. And it's just like, I hate thinking this, but I also like thinking this, like that rabbit raccoon attack is like one of the best things that ever happened to me. (laughs) Which is true. I mean, it also got me back on stage because I used to do storytelling a lot and I had been too depressed to do it. And so after I went through therapy, I went on stage and I did a story about the raccoon and I got like really, I was really well received and I've just been getting, um, I've just been getting up, you know, every month and doing storytelling shows and stuff like that ever since. And it has really given me the confidence. And people around town now know me. I went to a bar last night and a girl was like, hey, aren't you that girl with the raccoon story? I was like, yeah. And she bought me a beer. I was like, cool. (laughs) I like that you found the bright side. That raccoon, it may turn out, that raccoon gave its life so that you can deal with the reality of your father's child bro <laughs> well, she's not a child but yeah it's not the best i mean she's great i love her it's just weird you know i know um, i kid i can't i shouldn't throw in the phrase child bride that's a very sensitive thing oh believe me i used to say that i mean she they did meet on the on the internet and he did bring her here from like another country okay um okay. so it was a whole situation like that which is yeah just now i have a whole bunch of family in the philippines though so that's cool um and I'm trying to learn Tagalog so that I can speak to her better because I like her. So, yeah, I'm trying to find the positive things in most things now. And I used to be, like, the biggest pessimist. And I just, like, yeah, I mean, that raccoon was, like, I don't know, the Christ of my life. <laughs> like, you say the Christ you know, of like, your life? <laughs> yeah, that raccoon, like, died for my sins. And now I can, like, be clean and be a better person. <laughs> How it feels. <laughs> You're comparing a rabid raccoon that <laughs> that attacked you and, and took off one of your shoes and then was killed in a creek with a shotgun to Jesus Christ. No, not exactly. I'm just you just saying, did. Like, I mean, I'm just saying it's the Christ of my life. So you're comparing... <laughs> okay, fine. I did it. I'm an atheist, and I feel bad if anyone's offended by that. I didn't mean it offensively, oh, no. but no one's offended. I, I, I'm <laughs> I'm milking it for the laugh, but everyone knows what you meant. This martyr, the raccoon, was a martyr that helped you unlock some new phases, some new positivity in your life that you never saw coming. Yeah. Also, it's just like it. Now that I can talk about it without getting upset, it's like a great story at parties and on first dates. Um, um, yeah, it tends to, I mean, people tend to be pretty interested because I think everybody has like a sort of in the back of their mind fear of rabies, but they don't think of it as like a real thing that would ever happen. 
Um, but like 40,000 people a year go through rabies treatment and a lot oh, of people die because a lot of countries don't have the vaccine. That sucks. So wait, you've, um, you said so, yeah. you've told this story on first dates? Yeah, I did. It's, I, I guess it's one of those things too, where it's like, then if the date's going well and it gets to the end of the night and you want to keep the party going, you can just be like, Hey, you want to, uh, come back to my place and I'll show you my raccoon attack scars. I just call it my raccoon leg. You have said that to someone. Do you want to see my raccoon leg? Yeah, not on a date, but I have said that. I said that to someone in my pottery class today. <laughs> someone in you. How, what happened in the pottery class that it led to you offering to show them your raccoon leg? That's a sentence well, I never expected to say in my whole life. What happened in your pottery <laughs> class that you offered to show someone your raccoon leg? <laughs> Well, the pottery class is another result of the raccoon attack, something I like always wanted to do and started doing afterwards because it was like a seated activity that I could do because I couldn't stand on my leg without it being elevated. Like, all right, I usually would have to sit with it elevated, but once it started to get a little bit better, I could just sort of sit and I would like have my one leg out on a stool. And so when you go in the class, they're like, what made you take this class? And it was obvious that something was wrong with me because I had this big cast on and like a separate stool for my leg. I was like, everyone's going to be wondering. I'm just going to tell them. And the girl that sits next to me, we're in our third round of classes together. And I just stopped wearing the compression sock. I was supposed to wear it until May. So like the first week of June, I was like, yes, I'm not wearing this thing. Cause I don't know if you've ever tried one on, but the surgical compression socks are like really tight and just like annoying to get in and out of. And I'd have to wear them under all my clothes. And so I got to wear shorts today without the thing. And she was like, oh, you don't have to wear anything anymore. I was like, yeah, you want to see my raccoon leg? <laughs> and um, the whole class came over and took a gander. A gander? I'm in North Carolina. That's fair. No, I don't judge. I'm not judging. But, uh, it is what it is. So, so, yeah. so everybody's going around, and there's one, there's one person that's like, oh, you know, my, my, my kids are, uh, my kids are finally off in college, so I can get out of the house more. And I always wanted to, to I wanted to take a class like this. And someone else mm -hmm. is like, oh, you know, I already, uh, you know, I, I, I paint, but I wanted to maybe expand the mediums I work in. And then you're like, so I was walking down a gravel path. I hear a noise. I tossed my friend to my phone and a raccoon attacks my leg. And now here we are making pottery. And then the teacher's like, okay, uh, everybody, let's focus back up. Can we, uh, let's not focus so hard on the raccoon leg. Can we, every, we're going to try to make a, everyone, we're going to make a small vase, small yeah. vase, small vase day, ashtray day. Yep. Well, I mean, the teacher was like really interested and she was like, okay, well, once I do the demo, I'm going to come and help you. And also I want to ask you some questions about this raccoon attack, if that's okay. <laughs> I hate so She's to really laugh. cool. So it's fun. No, you can. I, I laugh about it all the time. Like who thinks about Laura Dern do? running from a rabid raccoon? Like, I don't know, yeah. but that's what happened in my head. But I think about Laura Dern a lot, I guess. So. I tell you, I, um, when I lived in Brooklyn, Walking home, I parked my car down by the river one day. I lived in Greenpoint. I, I don't mm -hmm. know if I've told this story on the show. I'm walking home, and, and it was a block. I was the only person on the block. I'm walking back to my house. It gets pretty desolate down there by the water, and I see this. I thought it was like the biggest rat I'd ever seen. So I like, it was on the sidewalk. So I, I went on the other side of the street, and but it was just walking. I looked over. It was a possum. It was like a gross ass possum. Just walking down the sidewalk, like 
like a human would. Like it was just on its way mm-hmm. to the G train, like everybody else in Greenpoint. <laughs> and I immediately was like, that that's a killer animal. And I have every instinct I had was like, get the fuck away from this thing. Now I'm going to be all scared of rabies. I'm going to be all scared all day. I'm going to be scared of rabies. Okay. Here's the thing though. I got scared of a possum last night just because it, it surprised me when I was walking to my car, but possums, because of, they have just like weird body temperature and I can't remember if it's a little too low or a little too high, but it's super rare for a possum to have rabies because their body just like can't host it. So that doesn't change the fine. fact that they got that freak face though. <laughs> yeah, but they're mostly, you know, I don't know. I, I, I understand being scared. I mean, I was on a walk a couple weeks ago and I, I didn't know what I saw, but I saw something pop up by the sidewalk and I started screaming and running and scared the shit out of these other joggers. And I turned around and it was a groundhog running on the sidewalk away from me because we had like scared each other. And so I try to be like more mindful. I'm like, they're not all raccoons. Like not everything is going to pop out and get you. No, but, but you know what? Yeah. That's fine. Fuck that groundhog. You've been through a lot. Scare the groundhog away. I'm not worried about the groundhog's comfort level at this point. You got to take care of you. No, I know. I was just like, how good did that look to anyone else who saw me scream and run and then turn around and see a groundhog on the sidewalk running away from me as well? <laughs> just like, I wish I had been those bystanders because that must have been like uh, an amazing moment. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really, I have a hard time. I mean, like, if it's nighttime and I'm walking into my apartment, I will definitely like, um, I'll just, I have a taser now and I'll be scared when I walk past the bushes. I have to think to myself, like, there's not a raccoon in there. There's never been a raccoon in there. It's not there. And when I lived in LA, there was raccoons in our trash all the time. And in New York, I used to live in Brooklyn also. And, uh, I would see, I live near Prospect Park. And so I would see raccoons there walking home and stuff from the R and I never thought twice about it. And, um, yeah, now it's just like, it's one of those weird things that I never thought I would be particularly afraid of. And yeah, it's hard. I haven't, I've been on one hike since I, it's really hard for me to hike still. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I, it's a crazy story and so specific and you're laughing about it, and that's making me feel okay laughing about it. But I can imagine that that's a really, that's a truly traumatic thing. It's no joke. Yeah, it was. I mean, there's definitely some funny things about it, for sure. And I am, like, totally good with laughing at it. I really feel like that's, like, the best thing you can do about <laughs> most things. <laughs> but um, is just find a way to find the humor in it. And also, just, like, I was not a person that used to say, like, oh, I'm, like, grateful things now because I just was always such like a pessimist and it's not that one thing that changed me you know going through therapy has made a big difference but like when I think about when I see like other people who have been attacked by a raccoon which is there's a lot I've done a lot of the research um they they can really tear you up and it did tear me up but I was just like you know what if they had gotten me somewhere like you know in my neck or something like their teeth can really rip you open like you could have gotten or or got me in the wrist or like made me lose a lot of blood and I couldn't run or something like just the way it happened was such a weird like almost choreographed dance fight (laughs) between the two of us that I I mean I kicked it in that face in the face as hard as I could with those Jessica Simpson running shoes and I (laughs) thank her for that even though she probably doesn't know the good she's done. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just, 
don't know. I feel like I'm trying to to look at things more positively and realize how lucky I am, even in like the worst situation. So made a big difference there. Yeah. Now we have about seven minutes left. And I get it. I get, here's the sense I get. What happens if I ask you what's the second craziest story you got? I feel like you got one. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, my friends are always like, if anyone would get attacked by a rabbit raccoon, it would be you. All the weird shit happens to you. I'm like that one friend, apparently. Um, I don't know. A lot of weird things have happened to me. I, I, I would say my other like weirdest experience was um, I used to do costumes for TV and film, and I worked on a movie that um, Mickey Rourke was in. And working with him was like the worst and weirdest experience of my life other than the rabid raccoon. <laughs> it made me quit film. I quit. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> like, you, it was so crazy. <laughs> do you understand the ludicrousness of what you The sentence you just said, working with Mickey Rourke was the worst and weirdest experience in my life outside of getting attacked by a rabid raccoon. <laughs> That's the thing you're able to say. Kudos to you. You've lived a lot of life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you, you work in like film and TV, there's people who are like great to work with. And then there's like, when someone's a diva on set, it can be bad for everyone. But this was like the craziest thing. I mean, I've just like never, once you've witnessed Mickey Rourke try to light a cigarette and his lighter doesn't work the first time. And he takes off all of his clothes, except for his underwear and socks in a residential street, punches a picture car and dents it runs off, picks up a C-stand, which, like, you know, is the thing they put the lighting stuff on, throws that, hits another car, and this is a movie that, like, a teen, like, a Disney star was in, so there's, like, kids in the neighborhood that heard it was filming, like, with signs, like, to see the teen guy, <laughs> and they're just, like, Mickey Rourke is just fully, like, like, losing it in front of everyone, and I can't remember what Bruce Springsteen song it was, but he would make them play this one Bruce Springsteen song before every take. And so that was happening. And he's take, ripping his clothes off. Just for the legal protection of this show, I'm just going to also say allegedly, 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 allegedly. allegedly, yeah, allegedly. I, I wasn't there. It happened. Good timing on that. So you witnessed a rampage. You witnessed a rampage. More than one. But yeah, that was my favorite. It was like that every single day. Um, And I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I quit. I left. I was like, I'm getting on a plane and I'm not doing this ever again. And that's the last thing I I did in film. I once acted on a set with someone who I was a huge fan of. And the experience was so bad and the person's behavior was so crazy that I actually kind of consciously went in a different direction than acting. I've done some acting since, but I was like, I don't need to be around people like this. This person's insane. Throwing temper Mm -hmm. tantrums, shutting down the whole set, yelling at the director, giving other actors notes, like throwing actual temper tantrums if someone else got a laugh. It was wild 
People get and away with that. It's the worst when it's someone you like. Oh, like it, mine was someone I admired. So excited. Same. I mean, I that's happening with other people. I, I, my sister and I always had this like weird affinity for Mickey Rourke, but so I was like it, like excited about it, but you know, like a little bit like no, oh, this could not be good. And I was my suspicions were correct, but it was uh, definitely really interesting, and it made me take my life to a new career that I liked much better. Um, I mean, I like doing film, but like 16, 17 hour days are, it's crazy. Like I was just like, I don't love it that much. So, um, and when you're sometimes when people are like the focus on set and they're the actor, it makes you feel like it's like, they think they're this like superhuman that's better than everyone. And that's the dynamic I don't like, which it sounds like you experienced that too. Like you're making it bad for everyone. Like, Oh my God. It was nuts. It was yeah. nuts. Most actors I've met, hardworking people who want to pay their rent and make their health insurance. Yes. And then I've met a handful where it's like, oh, you're in this for all the wrong reasons. Your life is one of total ego chasing, pure isolation, mm-hmm. constant validation n- needed, uh, just a true neediness that never goes away. And I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to dive deeper into that. I think maybe I'd rather have a smaller career where I can hold my head up high and keep chasing whatever got, keep chasing the path that got you there because, whew, not yeah. good, not good. That's why I was like, creatively, if I'm going to do something, I, I won't, I've never tried my hand at stand-up. People have tried to get me to. I'd like storytelling because I can be funny, but I can also be like vulnerable in the format is easier to me. Like the idea of writing jokes really scares me. Um, but because I left film and I'd always wanted to be in the entertainment industry, I was like, let me do something where I can like make money for myself. And then I can do this other thing on the side that's important to me and like helps me connect with people. And that's why I love like your podcast so much. Cause it's just like, I'm a stranger getting in front of other strangers telling personal stories and it's just such a cool connection to be like, yeah, everything is crazy in the world. And we're like, we're just like two people talking right now. And it's just really cool. Yeah. I'm psyched we got to talk. I st- when I, st- I stopped improvising, I, I, was, I did all the storytelling for about two, three years before I really dove into stand-up. That was my path. Maybe I'll try it. Someday. Um, I mean, you seem like, I got to say, you went through a traumatic thing, but I got to say, you come off like a pretty fearless person. That's your energy. Is it, You seem like a person who's ready to dive into life. It's a good quality. That is what I try to project, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Now, it's listen, not always there, but I'm trying. You're nailing it. Listen, we got 30 seconds left. Okay. There's really nothing we can do about getting that stand-up tragedy bullshit off of my name on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> well, I can tell you that you, uh, you or anyone else can um, write their own definition about Chris Gethard, and you know maybe they can write your wrong. Beautiful anonymous listeners, wrong. take to Urban yeah. Dictionary and please redefine my standing and image on that site. Mm-hmm. I can't only if show up as a representation site. of shitty, non-funny stand-up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would love to, but we don't write our own definitions, and that's maybe or may, maybe not the site I work for. Maybe, maybe not. Hey, this was a hell of a talk. I'm glad we had to have it. I'm so sorry for what happened to you, but I'm glad it, it allowed us to talk because you you really, I love, I love your energy and everything you had to say. And uh, thank you for talking. 
Thanks, Chris. Caller, thanks for letting us know about the harrowing experience that involved that raccoon. I hope you are, I hope the PTSD fades away and you aren't constantly checking for raccoons for your whole life. And uh, thank you for being so open and honest and somehow charming and funny while telling us a tale that is terrifying. Thank you so much to Harry Nelson and Jared O'Connell in the booth. Thanks to Justin Linville for all your help in my life. Thank you, Shellshag, for the music. You want to help Beautiful Anonymous? What Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Helps a lot when you do. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, we're talking about grief, loss, parents and kids, all the things that might put us in our heads. So far, 8,800 call attempts. That's pretty staggering. That's a pretty high number. It's cool. cool. Sorry. Okay. So, yeah. So I've, I've had a thought, like, what would I talk about? So 2018 was, like, the best year ever. Loads and loads of good stuff happened. Um... Like I hit 30, I bought my own place, um, I booked my wedding, I adopted a cat, um, I, you know, went to awesome gigs and all this kind of stuff. It was just the best, I'll throw in a blooming, it was the best blooming year ever. (laughs) Um, And then 2019 rocked around and uh, mid-January my dad passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. was a bit of a kind of... Yeah, um, yeah, thanks. It's a complicated thing. I've had a like, difficult relationship with him. And long story short, that's actually how I got into listening to your podcast. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. <laughs>